Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast, supported all season by Rehoy and Son. Our thanks to them. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me this week is Gareth Brevo. Hi, Tony. Rob Batiste. Hi, Tony. Hello. Uh, and Benoit Mayo. Hello. Great to have you all here uh, for this one. The World Cup is underway, guys. Excitement abounds. Um, Rob, I can sense your excitement. I'm sure you are glued to the sofa for uh, that big, thrilling opener yesterday. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, well, to be honest. I'm I sort of almost turning off the World Cup before the first ball's been kicked due to the sort of overwhelming media um, coverage of it, which is so out of proportion to the event. I mean, it's great. I'm looking forward, I was looking forward to the football, but to be honest, I just think there's just so much thrown out there, whether it be on television or in the papers. And to be honest, it turns me off. I just want to see the football. Yeah, well, we won't go into too much detail about what's been happening so far. There's plenty of other places to go, but we've just watched um, England demolish Iran at 6-2 in their opening game. Gareth, a couple of goals let in by your own Jordan Pickford. Let in? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, he was scored past twice, but yeah. he made one hell of a save out there. He basically did all he could do. The, the first goal that Iran scored, he couldn't do anything about, and the second one was a penalty. So... <laughs> Just because you want Nick Pope in goal for England, is wow. no need to England decry somewhere. Jordan Pickford. <laughs> ben, well, I know you're not um, in the England camp as such. No. You're, you're, you're a France man, but um, what did you make of that performance? Yeah, it was obviously really promising for England. I thought they were, they were pretty lively. Passes were pretty accurate as well. thought Rashford had quite a good game. Rice had a good game. They, they all did, really. Um, I would say Iran defensively were very sloppy. Uh, there were a couple of times when there were three or four England attackers and there was only two defenders back and they didn't really look like they knew what they were doing. But yeah, all credit to England. Six goals in the, the opening game is pretty good. Yeah, we'll take that. Pretty good entertainment for a Monday afternoon. Sorry, I just want to make one point from this, Tony. And this actually sort of applies to all football. But if somebody gets a head injury, oh. take them off. That's it, all right? It's, there's, there's too much at risk here. I mean, that Iran keeper staying on was absolutely ludicrous. And it just really wound me up, to be honest. I mean, you see people get head injuries and then trying to play on. Why? It's I mean, really... Your life's at risk here. Yeah, it's incredibly <laughs> difficult to understand how that happens when, you know, FIFA appear to be so officious about a lot of things to not sort of pay close attention to the concussion kind of stuff and and, and you know make sure those things are done in the right way is bizarre but. yeah but it is something that filters down through all levels of the game if you suffer a head injury or if one of your team suffers a head injury take them off for goodness sake yeah well it was quite a bizarre game in, in a lot of ways wasn't it i mean it went on for about two and a half hours um but there we go. Uh, anyway, well, there's a lot more football to watch there. Um, we're going to talk uh, a lot of local football, Premier League, GFC, a bit of under-18s as well to come. I just want to start with uh, our own international footballer, or latest international footballer, uh, Mayor Letizia. Obviously, we spoke about it on Thursday's pod, but this is the first football show since she made her debut. Um, I'm sure everyone knows the full story there. And uh, Gareth, it continued into the weekend. It, what a week it's been for her. Yeah, she had an amazing week. She makes her England debut, and then um, she goes with uh, Manchester United side to the Emirates, Arsenal Stadium, again an Arsenal side who had won their last 14 I think it is women's Super League games and they were top of the table and it, it turned into an absolute thriller and United won 3-2 with sort of late goals into injury time um, I felt a bit sorry for Mayer because uh, the, the Arsenal equaliser the, their first goal actually was a, a big deflection off her she didn't, couldn't really do much about it she was just trying to block a shot and it took a big deflection and sort of left uh, her keeper Mary Oates with no chance but um, other than that I thought she had a very good game and um, yeah United showed I thought a a lot of character having sort of suffered uh, defeat to Chelsea last time out. Um, Resounding defeat. 
a resounding <laughs> defeat to the to the mighty Blues. So Rob Batis tells me. Um, yeah, so to come out and sort of beat Arsenal uh, in that manner um, in front of over 40,000 were at the Emirates for that one. Um, that's great for Mayor and her side. And now they move on to, they're playing at Old Trafford this weekend. So it's um, it's big stages every week nowadays. Yeah, that's really exciting. Because obviously, you know, it was a, a momentous moment to see her make the debut down in Spain. But you know, in, in what was quite sort of low-key environment um, at the Pinatar Arena. Um, but actually, to come back and play in front of such a big crowd at the Emirates, um, you know, that, that's, a, you know, a huge moment in itself. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, like I say, I think um, Old Trafford's um, the capacity, I suppose, is 74,000. They're not going to quite make that, I wouldn't have thought. But they'll they'll have a lot of people there um, this weekend for the visit of Aston Villa, I believe. And then um, the week after, they've got the Manchester Derby uh I believe that's at the Etihad as well. So yeah, they're they're at Premier League stadiums um, throughout the, sort of these few weeks, and it's it's great for for Mayor and Manchester United that they're they're winning as well. Yeah, amazing end to the year for Mayor um, Rob. Of course, you were there the last time Letizia made their England debut, the last uh, Guernsey footballer um, to play for England. Um, what are your sort of recollections of that? Was it how, how big? How big? <laughs> how big that was a, a long time ago. <laughs> How big a deal was it um, locally when that happened? I guess it was quite a big deal, but I, I don't know. Um, perhaps I think we didn't get so excited about things in those days as we <laughs> perhaps do now. You know, it's just um, we build things up across the board um, far more than in the 21st century than we did in the back in the 80s. But, I mean, um, no, it was good. I, I must admit, one of the highlights of, of, of the trip was meeting all the news top news journalists in the pub opposite Bisham Abbey before the news conference, which was always a big eye-opening experience. Sitting down with the late Brian Waldo, who used to present um, hold, the back page. hold the Back Page every week. He was sort of holding fort with David Lacey of The Guardian and other um, top correspondents. Rob Bonnet from BBC mm. TV was there as well. And um, they, made, they made me very welcome. And between everybody, there was sort of came up decision decision about what questions they were going to ask and which player they wanted to be wheeled out in front of them and alongside Terry Venables, who was the manager at the time. Um, I was just amazed at that weekend how... Um, Matt didn't play I was convinced he would because the day before I was walking between Bisham Abbey and Marlow I think it is next door and um, I managed to it was a hole in the fence and I saw the England squad training about 100 yards in front of me it was bizarre really and Gaza could barely walk you know it was incredible he wasn't, I, I think I might have written in a preview no way Gaza's going to play next evening he was there from the start and they must have given him a few injections and Matt was stuck on the bench and came on quite late but it was yeah it was a good experience but I felt I was very disappointed by Wembley I must have been I thought crikey, what a, <laughs> having heard so much what a dump it was <laughs> yeah what year was that 93 was it somewhere around there it was a long, long time ago yeah Matt didn't really get much chance to shine to be honest well, um, yeah, all being well, Mayor will have a um, yeah, sort of longer and richer uh, career for England than, than Matt ended up having. Um, but yeah, a, an exciting moment nonetheless, Rob. I'm sure you were enjoying that uh, last week. Um, let's move on to the, the local football then, because um, it was uh, an interesting weekend in the Premier League. We'll come on to, to how Rangers got on and um, talk about them a bit more widely. Uh, but there's no doubt the, the pick of the games this weekend was um, uh, Rovers Saints. It finished 2 all. Benoit, I think yes. you're watching this one. Um, just talk us through the story of the match, because it was a bit of a 
two and throw one. Yeah, it was quite an interesting game, actually. Obviously, get down to the Port Swarf, and I see the, the Rovers faithful, faithful all there. Um, quickly silenced by a Kaula Lasher goal in the second minute. Amazing ball um, from well inside his own half. It was Zach Chatterton just, I don't know, just placed it in the perfect position through all the defenders. Um, Kaula Lasher, yeah, took it. It's a nice finish um, past the keeper. Made it 1-0. After that, yeah, it was an even game. Um, and then Rovers picked up a free kick in probably not, not an angel you consider, uh, an area you consider the danger area. Um, but it was one of those that Ben Latok took it. He just put it in the area. Um, I don't think the keeper saw it. He might have been blocked and let it go past him. And it was 1-0 going into half time. Um, but then again, the Rovers fans were silenced by a very quick, probably in the second, third minute of the second half, Chris Anori header um, from a corner. Um, but from there, it was all Rovers, really. Um, they were yeah, attacking very well. They got some very good wingers. Uh, I think it was Max Simpson-Cohen had quite a good game. Um, Charlie Platt came on as well. He was very good. He actually won uh, the free kick. Um, which led to the last-minute equaliser, which, uh, yeah, I'm fair to say, it's fair to say it was very good to watch, um, seeing the, the players and the crowd erupt. And, yeah, nice, nice for the captain as well to score, set, save his club and keep Rovers at the top. Yeah, I saw the photos um, from the weekend. Yeah, certainly looked like they enjoyed that equaliser a lot. Do you think Rovers, the, the sort of the balance of the play, where they, they feel like they could have got more out of that game? Yeah, definitely. I think they would have been very disappointed to, to lose that game. And they, yeah, they, could, they had a few opportunities, but I would say um, the Saints defence were very good. There were a couple ones. Um, Rovers winger was one-on-one. Um, and I thought it was, you know, easy, easy goal. But I saw Brad O'Regan, Ben Solway sliding in um, to, to keep their side up. But yeah, Rovers does deserve the draw and possibly the win yeah it keeps Rovers seven points clear of Saints too big a gap Rob no not at all it's a long long way to go I must admit I do fancy Rovers to win purely for the for the um, reason that they don't seem to have any players involved in with the GFC set up this season of course um, unlike North who are being hammered on that front and St Martins to a lesser extent because they've lost um, Danny Hale to GFC this season, it was a big miss, I think. Um, no, so I think for that reason makes them favourites. As long as they don't get pick up a lot of injuries, I think um, they probably will, will, will have enough in hand to, um, to, to to go on and lift that title again for the third time in recent years. Much depends on Finn Whitmore. The stories about him might be going on his travels latter part of the season which if that's the case well that may well hurt them particularly if they're playing some of the um, you know the Norse and Saints at that time but um, they certainly certainly on a roll at the moment Rovers and playing some really good bright football with Sam Hall you know in great form and um, they've got a great spirit about them I must admit the Rovers and I think um, yeah so they'd be my favourite but with possibly North despite all those handicaps uh, second favourites yeah, Rovers going nicely, as you say. A long way to go, though. Um, for North, it was a 2-0 win um, at Bells on Friday night. Um, wins as well for Velrec. Um, you sort of stay there and thereabouts at the top of the table. Um, and Rangers, uh, a 3-1 win at the KG5 over Sylvans. Well, hey. three, wins, three wins in four um, uh, for Chris Tyler's side now. And, and already more wins than uh, Rangers recorded in the whole of last season yeah. in the league. So um, Things are going reasonably well. Um, I've I must admit, everybody was a bit disappointed after the 7-0 hammering by Rovers about five weeks ago. Um, that was the worst performance of the year. But no, they, the boys are playing really quite well and working very hard for the, the coaching team um, of Chris Tardiff, Alex Aprovo and Andy Manning. 
quality quality coaches and um Stefan Timms has hit a rich reign of rich vein of form seven goals he scores two hat tricks and um the youngsters are coming to the fore nicely as well which is good to see and a bit of an atmosphere developing down at KG5 yeah there seems to be you know I'm sure they're not all paying customers but <laughs> far from it but you know on a by four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon you see the balcony is full there's loads of people watching the game. It's quite a good atmosphere. And um, I think it's one of those places where people can perhaps get in the ground free of charge. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, the football tracks and, but, um, along to the touchline. But no, um, things are going quite well uh, at the moment. But as I say, long, long, it's a long project. Yeah, and if I'd said to you, uh, kind of heading into the back end of November, that you know, you'd only be four points behind Saints in the Premier League, you probably would have taken it. That's, that's pretty bizarre, isn't yeah. it? It shows to a certain extent, um, you know, um, how ordinary Saints have been at the start of the season, you know, because let's face it, Rangers have only come into football form recently. Um, they lost six out of six to start with. So, so to be on Saints' coattails is um, it's quite quite strange experience. And, of course, we've got Rangers welcome um, Saints to KG5 next Saturday. Interesting. Big mid-table battle there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Saints will, 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 will maybe um, thinking otherwise. I think. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? And elsewhere, uh, Gareth, um, yeah, as I say, wins for North and Valrec over Alderney. So um, yeah, for both of those sides, kind of keeping them in contention. Yeah, it was. I think that was quite a big win for North actually at the at the track on Friday night. Um, Danny Cooley scored for for North uh, about on around the hour mark. I think it was nil at half time and then um, Keen Domal beat several players and slotted one home just to secure the victory late on and then yeah it was a good win for Valrec although I believe Alderney went down to 10 men relatively early in the game I think Dante Walker picked up a couple of yellow cards in pretty quick succession um, Valrec had taken the lead through Sammy Goddard I believe it was a header and uh, Jacob Marston Pipe scored a couple just to cement the victory. But um, it was one, looking at the league table, it was one that um, you'd certainly say Wreck were likely to get anyway. But um, as Mark Romerall keeps saying, they're, they're ahead of schedule. I mean, they're, they're still second. They're still, it's only one point, I think, though, and mm. Rovers at the moment. So that's, um, yeah, if you'd have offered Romers that um, in the start of September, you would have probably bitten your hand off. So um, they're going well, and they've got, obviously, the big Grand Fort Road derby coming up this weekend. It'll be the big game. Big weekend in the pre-league to come. Um, I was down at Foots Lane on Saturday afternoon um, to see GFC um, fall by the old goal to the league leaders, Northwood. Um, they took a really early lead, um, sort of capitalising on a very positive start. Sam Murray um, with the header from uh, Kieran Marnes cross. Um, but yeah, Northwood really did show their class. Um, for about half an hour on, they really had um, uh, the sort of wind in their sails and they were they were definitely the, the side that would look like going on to win, which is what they did, um, getting a, a couple of goals in the second half. Here's what Tony Vance told Simon Deller at full time. So, uh, Tony, your assessment of that game? Um... I mean, they, you can see why they're they're uh, they're up there because they're um, very aggressive, they're um, very direct, big side. Um, I think uh, the people who came today will see the level of football that um, we're having to play at to try and get results. And uh, I thought we um, little old Guernsey had a good old go against them. You know, obviously we scored early on and and. Um, we didn't get the chance to sort of capitalise on that and we, you know, obviously they showed their strength by having a real good go at us for, for 20 minutes and I thought we, we stood really strong. I mean, you, you can just hear them now, you know, <laughs> they're playing against a team who's 16th and they've had to work their, you know, everything to get a result and uh, 
that sums it up really. But I mean, you know, it's a credit to our lads, they had a real good go there. And um, a lot of possession in the first half for you, uh, not so much in the second half. I mean, was that a tactical change they made, do you think? Or is it just a question of them growing in confidence into the world? No, I mean, they're 1-0 down, aren't they, to a team at the 16th and they're top of the league. And, uh, you know, they've got to put the pressure on and um, they are very direct, um, which, which ultimately means that the ball is going to end up in that final third an awful lot. And when you're defending, um, you know, a lot of the time for your lives, um, you don't get good second ball. Uh, you might win the first contact and the second ball then is, is all about how far can you get up the pitch and uh, you know but to get get an opportunity to sort of get build possession is very hard because they're so they're so aggressive um, you know but again um, recent weeks we've played the, the, the sort of uh, three of the top four and we've you know either sort of got a draw or, or lost by the odd goal and uh, you know obviously one of those games we, we got beat by the you know other things in the team and uh, so uh, you know the, the lads can be very proud of themselves okay we got nothing today and that's disappointing but you know we went to a certain degree we went toe to toe with a, with a very good team and the level of performance you're seeing from your players is fairly consistent now do you think yeah i mean we, we, you know we used to concede a lot of goals and um if you actually look at the goals against column, um, that's not the problem. Uh, it's the, the goals scored for, that, that, that we're struggling with. Um, obviously, you know we're, we're missing some really offensive-minded players. So what we're doing is we're playing a game, a game to try and stay in games and, and keep them tight. And and uh, credit to the players that they're, they're really doing that. Tony Vance speaking to Simon Delarue there. Um, so yeah, a promising performance for GFC, but but no result, which has uh, kind of been the story of their season for, for some of the games, particularly in recent times. Uh, really good to see Brandon Wallace get on the pitch, though, for his home debut. Came on um, with a few minutes to go and looked um, pretty bright. He was chasing down everything. Um, didn't quite get the sort of service over the top that he might have wanted um, towards the end of that game, but really good to see him um, featuring in a GFC shirt uh, this season. And um, yeah, lots more to come from him, I'm sure. And for GFC, that result leaves them seven 17th in the table and they've got a really big game to come on Saturday at Footstone Bedfont Sports the visitors um, who are down in 19th couple of places below and three points behind GFC uh, Bedfont also in action in the league in midweek so um, maybe they'll be um, a, a bit weary by the time they get to Guernsey on Saturday but that is going to be a, a big one um, in terms of the way things are shaping up at the bottom of the Isthmian South Central um, so we'll uh, have a bit more on that I'm sure um, next week uh, Rob, I want to come back to you because um, it's been an interesting start of the season in the under-18 division um, and it was a great result for North's under-18s over in Jersey. Indeed, uh, 3-2 winners against Wanderers. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's uh, I'm told Jersey Wanderers are a very good side and North went down in the tri- to play in the Tregear Cup first round on Sunday and um, great 3-2 win. I think I would expect that North probably got enough about them to probably win the local under-18 league. But you look at the late league t- table at the moment, of the seven teams, six of them are in all in with a very good chance at the moment. Um, Sylvans went into this last weekend top of the league un- and unbeaten, but um, Rangers thumped them 5-1 with a Zach Batiste hat-trick. Um, achieved 24 hours before his 17th birthday. Um, George Goubert and um, Jacques Covin were uh, in good form as well in that game. Um, but um, North have already beaten um, Rangers. and so. But I think, you know, there's a long way to go in this, this, this season as far as the under-18s are concerned. And I say, I think Rovers still fancy their chances and they're in fifth position at the moment. But they lost as well at the weekend to Saints who uh, seem to be, you know, getting points from 
some of the top sides and then themselves are only four points away from from the top so it it's promising um i think it all depends how north can manage their um their players um in terms you know and their their first team um, commitments because they've got the likes of young Woolbridge playing there and um so and George McNeil, of course, is probably one of the strongest under eighteen players around. You know, I would have thought he's fair chance he may well be captaincy material when it comes to next year's junior Marathi. But um, no, they've got some good players and they've got some good under sixteen to support them. So, um, but no, it's a good it's good to have an under eighteen league which is really really competitive. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, and um, we'll have uh, more on that as the season progresses um, for North. Yeah, I think they face St Paul's now in the semis of that cup um, after Christmas. So uh, yeah, going well there. Um, right, I think that's pretty much it for this week. We'll keep it short and sweet. Um, lots more football to be consumed by everyone as the uh, the World Cup progresses. Just a quick look at the fixtures then um, for this week. Uh, Rangers are at North uh, Reserves in the FA Cup. Um, I bet that's not on. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out it's the window wet. at the moment with the rain pouring down. Well, I can see a postponement looming on that one. Yeah, um, well, hopefully we get some games at the weekend and things a bit dry by then. Um, Rovers host Alderney. Um, as we said, Rangers um, welcome Saints. It's Sylvans against Bells and Vorek against North in the, the derby there. Uh, and GFC, as we mentioned, against Bethlehem Sports. Yeah, and of course, all those pre league games, I suspect probably all two, two o'clock kickoffs. Which is um, a shame for the neutral. I think, you know, that's one matter uh, I, I just wish all the senior clubs would sort out because it's no good to uh, to um, to anyone, really. You know, all these everybody playing at the same time. It's, um, you know, particularly when the GFC are at home as well, you know, at two o'clock. You know, there, surely there must be some way of actually staggering these games to the, you know, to the advantage of the neutral because there are a lot of people who want to go and watch football and um, but at the moment they're having to choose often between three or four games on a Saturday afternoon which is ridiculous doesn't benefit anyone really does it no. um, well you're not quite right to say they all kick up with two because Rovers Alderney is down as a 1.45 oh 15, 15 <laughs> minutes difference yeah. so you can uh, catch oh. that one and race off yeah. the somewhere else <laughs> Yeah, Prio League moving with moving with the moving with the times, moving a game forward fifteen minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so an interesting afternoon in store there. Um, as we say, GFC welcome Bedfont Sports in that big game in Eastman South Central. So plenty of football. Yeah, to watch so this five week. games at two o'clock or one forty-five, which is, as I said, bonkers. Certainly. Um, what can I? Yeah. Back in in the days when I first started this job through the eighties and nineties, it was a regular occurrence for Prio League games to be played on a Sunday. You know, often you'd have two games on a Saturday and two games on a Sunday. And um, everybody seemed to get along fine. As well as, and it was, of course, there were midweek games as well. Um, perhaps they should look to introduce more Sunday games. And then you might see some more GFC players perhaps coming back into into the um, domestic league, which would surely be good for the game. So that's something you can sort of look to influence in your new role at no. Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, that's probably a good place to leave it. Um, thanks, everyone, for your time. Um, thanks also to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, we'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press football podcast. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to pick up a paper six days a week for the best local sports coverage and the best local football coverage. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Cheers Tony. Thank you very much.